Thank you so much for tuning into the V1 Church podcast. This is Mike Signorelli, the lead pastor, and I am so excited for you to hear this message about the gift of faith supernaturally given by God. Evangelist Daniel Chand is coming out of London for this message. Yes, during a global pandemic. How many of you know that is a divine appointment? We've already received so many messages from the live broadcast, and this podcast episode is going to blow you away. So without further ado, here is Evangelist Daniel Chand. I'll see you on the other side of his sermon with a very special announcement. Well, listen, it's such an honor to be in Amateurville, New York, and obviously online. The V1 community is such a joy to be with you. I want to honor Pastor Mike, his wife, and the whole V1 family. It's such a joy. Yeah, come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to honor my wife, Tanya, as well, who's traveled with me. And yeah. Listen, it's been such an adventure to get to the U.S. I feel like it's Book of Acts for us, honestly. It's been absolutely amazing, and I'm just going to share a brief introduction of who we are and the ministry we live in, and get straight into the message that the Lord has laid on my heart. So my name is Daniel, and we lead an evangelistic ministry called Walking Like Jesus, and our ministry really has an outward focus, reaching the lost, reaching those that don't know Jesus. So we've spent the last decade on the streets of London, evangelizing, reaching souls, and just really preaching the gospel, just unashamed, undiluted, just sharing the love of our Lord and Savior. But also there's an angle of revival that the Lord really has laid on our heart for us to one more time see a great spiritual awakening in our nation and beyond wherever we're traveling. But, you know, it's been an incredible journey. You know, 2020 was a year where you know, so much was exposed, challenged, so much was seen. And one of the things we really felt on our heart in the year of 2020 is to not stop preaching the gospel. You know, if it's higher risk that people are dying, if it's higher risk that people are being killed, whether it's through a virus, whether it's through racism, through whatever it may be, then for me, as someone who has a soul-winning focus, that means it's higher risk that people may end up in hell or end up in a place where they don't know Jesus. So for us, evangelism is the forefront. So 2020 was an amazing year, really, where we saw God move in a powerful, powerful way. But let me just say this. I've not always been someone who's lived for the Lord. And I know there's many people that are here present right now that have a testimony. How many of you love testimony? Hallelujah. You know, there's one thing I love about Christianity is that no one can argue with your testimony. I mean, when you're on the streets and you're you know, having dialogue with those that are unsaved, you come across people with different ideologies, different faiths and all of that, and they've been spoon-fed that religion. It's part of their identity. But we as Christians, we have something to shout about. We have good news to share. We can't keep silent. There's something about testimony that I just so, so love. And listen, I've not always been someone who lived for the Lord. There's been a point in my life where I was actually on fire for the devil, living a violent life on the way to prison for an eight-year sentence. I'm going to cut this short because, you know, time is ticking and I want to get into the message. But I was on the way to prison for an eight-year sentence. So we were just in the world, just a violent life. I came from a Catholic background 
And as soon as I was in my teenage years, I just found myself just on the way to prison and just would go out partying, clubbing, then would end up getting violent on the streets of London, intoxicated with drugs, alcohol, and all of that. And then it was while I was on bail that I was in a depression, I was in a dark place. I was in a place where I thought, you know what, my life is over. I'm 19 years old, so you know what, it looks like I'm going to go into prison. So, you know, studying, career, all of that, it's going down the drain. And this court case was a sticky situation. It was just us being violent, and it just looked like we were definitely going to go into prison. And it was while I was on bail, in the darkest point of my life, a friend of mine shared with me about Jesus. And this is how it happened. I was in a flat in North London. And he said to me, Daniel, I know someone who can get you out of this mess. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I thought he was going to tell me about some strategy of how to leave the country and, you know, (laughs) something like that. And this friend of mine says, listen, Jesus can get you out of this mess. And I'll be real with you. At first, I laughed at him because I've heard about Jesus. Coming from a Catholic background, family members that were Catholic, I heard about Jesus, the baby in the manger. I heard about the Hollywood Jesus with blue eyes and blonde hair. I heard about Jesus. And I grew up with a lot of Muslims as well. So I heard about how some folks say he's just a prophet. So I heard about Jesus, but I didn't know him. I had knowledge in my head, but no revelation in my heart. And this friend of mine said, Daniel, Jesus can wash you of your sin. You can get born again. And not only can he save you from this court case, but he can save your soul from eternal damnation. And I'm not going to lie, that kind of hit me. You know, this friend of mine was going deep and he was just talking about eternity But, you know, really sharing it with love and the grace of God. How in the darkest point of my life, God can wash me. His light can break into my world and transform me. And I'll be real with you, because of this court case, I had friends and family that had even rejected me. Because of this mess that I was in. Kicked me out of the house. You know, just that type of rejection. And now I'm hearing about a God of grace, a God of love, a God who has his arms wide open. And it was a no-brainer right there for me because I've tried everything else. The things of the world, substances, prodigal living. But nothing could really satisfy that void and emptiness in my heart. And I took that first step to give my life to Jesus. And I'll be real with you, friends. This time, it was like the journey had begun and that emptiness in my heart that I tried to fill with drugs, partying, sinful living, began to get filled with the love of God. And from that moment of first making that decision to then me actually having an encounter and getting sold out for God, it was a journey. But one thing I love is this precious friend of mine, this Christian brother, he said to me, Daniel, I'm going to pray with you every single day for God to get you out of this court case. And I'm not going to lie, that touched me. Because you can pray a prayer and make a decision on the street. But when someone is going to hold your hand every day, you know, I was encountering the love of God through this friend of mine. 
And it was like, it wasn't just about me making a decision and joining some Christian club, but it was like, I'm encountering God and I'm experiencing the love of God through this friend of mine. And anyway, cut a long story short, a couple of days before my court case, I began reading a Christian book on faith. And this Christian book, it was by a revivalist, by a man of God by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know who this man of God was. This man of God was known as the Apostle of Faith in the early 1900s, saw amazing signs and wonders in England and beyond. I'm talking about the dead being raised, amputated body parts growing back, just radical faith. And now, days before my court case, I'm reading about this type of faith. And anyway, as I was sitting on my train on the way to the court case, I was just looking at the skies, crying out to God, saying, Lord, please, get me out of this mess, Lord, if you can. I don't want to go to prison for eight years. And Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I'll live for you. But it was almost like a heart-to-heart where I was just like, but Lord, nonetheless... If I go into prison, then, you know, I'll live for you even if I go into prison. So it was like a real moment of surrender, a real heart check while I was on that train. And I'll be honest with you, this was crunch time. This was that moment I was going to find out that which we've been praying for every day. That the, the darkness that led me to take steps to give my life to Jesus. This was that moment where we're going to find out if I'm really going to go into prison or if I'm going to live for God. And friends, while I was on that train, you know, I take around this little book with me everywhere. You know, when you first get saved and you're just zealous. I didn't say jealous, I said zealous. I'm talking about zeal, passion. When you're ready to just read the word, you're ready to worship God in the middle middle of the night, unconventional hours, that type of passion was just brewing in me. So, I mean, I take this little book with me everywhere. Some of my friends were going out into restaurants, some of them into bars and stuff. I'd always take this book around with me everywhere. And anyway, while I was on the train on the way to the court case, I took out this book and I began reading this Christian book. And... the scripture, Mark eleven twenty two to 24, it was as if it jumped off the pages and hit me in the forehead. I'm talking about revelation knowledge, jumping off the pages and piercing my heart. So right there, it was the first moment that the gift of faith came upon me. Now the gift of faith is a spiritual gift of the Holy Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. You've got the free revealing gifts, which are the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. Then you've got the free power gift, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and healing. Then you've got the free speaking gifts, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. The gift of faith came upon me in that moment. And let me just say this. When the gift of faith comes upon you, it's no longer your faith that you're trying to muster up in your own ability. When the gift of faith comes upon you, it's not you through psychology trying to repeat scripture to try to make it work. 
Hallelujah. Listen, when the gift of faith comes upon you, the Holy Spirit is pouring the God kind of faith in you and the mountain before you doesn't really have a choice. It has to move because it's not Daniel's faith. It's God's faith flowing through me. And in that moment, on the train, let me just say this. When the gift of faith comes upon you, one of the first things that will take place is the opinion of man and the fear of man will go out of the window. You're not going to care who's watching. You're not going to care who's around you. God's faith is about to flow through you and attack the mountain in front of you. So right there on the train, I stood up. And just with that faith flowing through me, Holy Spirit filling my mouth, I said, listen, you court case, I'm speaking to you. I don't care what the judge says. I don't care what the piece of paper says. I don't care what the devil says. According to the power in the name of Jesus, mountain Move right now. Go. Get off and get out in Jesus' name. And right there I knew there was a shift that had taken place. And listen, that's not pride to say, I don't care what the judge says or the piece of paper says. That's not pride. Sometimes it's false humility to put all these other voices and opinions before the word of God. Hallelujah. Repeat after me, if God said it, you can do better than that Amateurville. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. If you're watching this by way of live stream and everyone here, I want you to repeat one more time. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Sometimes we've got to go beyond our experience, beyond our mindset, beyond our thinking patterns and say, Lord, I'm going to believe what your word says. No ifs, buts or maybes. But this was the gift of faith. It just began to flow. And it was like I knew in my heart something shifted. And friends, I got to the court case that day and the eyewitnesses didn't turn up. The victim didn't turn up. And it was divine intervention. Without going into the details, breakthrough had taken place in my life in that moment. And as I walked out of the court case, the devil started whispering. How many of you know when breakthroughs take place, the enemy will start whispering? Sometimes he'll try and come with a sledgehammer to try to drag you back into the ways of the world. The enemy started whispering and said, Daniel, you got lucky. Daniel, it's because of the lawyers, the solicitors. And then my phone starts ringing. My friends want to now go out partying and celebrate because the court case had ended. But friends, God kept tripping me over with his love. His grace just, you know, I, I couldn't stop just focusing and worshipping and experiencing his grace. It was like hanging around them friends. I couldn't laugh at them jokes anymore. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get drunk in that way anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I had been born again. It was like, 
inside this house, it was like the lights were off. Now the lights have come back on. And now I'm walking past them same streets that I used to be violent on. Them same streets I used to walk past people and just say, what are you looking at? You know, just filled with anger. It's like a spiritual heart transplant has taken place. That heart of anger, gone. That heart of sin, gone. That heart of bitterness, gone. And now the Holy Spirit has filled me. And what I want to share on this moment, and just, you know, in the time I have left in this session we're in right now, is hunger for the things of God. Friends, let me just say this right now. Hunger moves the heart of God. And one thing that kept brewing on the inside of me was, Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. And, you know, reading after the likes of Wigglesworth, and then it doesn't just stop there. Then you actually start reading the book of Acts, and you see that this is everywhere. This adventure, Peter and John just going for a stroll, praying for the sick, souls being saved. And I'll be honest with you, as I began reading the book of Acts, it was almost like I'm reading about a type of Christianity that I'm not necessarily seeing in a lot of the church of the UK that I was around at the time. It's not just talking about a specific church, it's talking about the state of a national church. So a hunger began to brew in my heart. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. But now I've given my life to you. I'm not giving my life to you to just play church or to just, you know, be part of a religion. But Lord, I want to see you move. I want to see your power break out. Of course, I want to first experience your love and relationship with you. But I don't want it to stop there. These amazing miracles we're reading about in days of old. These amazing signs and wonders we read about in the book of Acts. Lord, what about our generation? I mean, listen, I know God moved in the Azusa Street Revival. I know God moved in many other moves of the Holy Spirit and waves of salvations. But Lord, what about our generation? I remember hearing a powerful prophecy that was released in 1947. And the great man of God said, when the, if the Word and the Spirit come together, that combination will see a move of God and it will be an unstoppable revival. And when I heard that prophecy, I don't know about you, friends, but when I heard that, and when I hear prophetic words that I get a witness on, I'm taking it. I'm not just agreeing with it. I'm not just saying, yeah, I hope so. Or I'm not just saying, yeah, someday, you know, if it happens, it happens. No, Lord, that prophecy is for me. It's for our generation. We need to see a great spiritual awakening and a revival. But that hunger just began to stir and stir in my heart. And don't get me wrong. There's something about God where he satisfies you but leaves you more hungry. Just leaves you wanting more of him. And like giving my life to the Lord now, that emptiness in my heart, that void is now filled with the peace of God. But now I still want more of him. There's a powerful scripture in the book of Psalms, chapter 40, that goes on to say, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longs for you. And that thirst and hunger, and it, listen, hear my heart, it wasn't a natural hunger. It wasn't a hunger for natural things or earthly things. But it was a deep desire in my soul for the more of God, for the things of God. 
If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Listen, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place right now. If you're watching this, wherever you're watching from, don't watch this like an ordinary stream. You might have watched this and tuned in one way, but I believe you're going to leave here another way. You may have tuned in sick. I believe you can leave healed in the name of Jesus. You may have tuned in oppressed or depressed. Listen, the presence of the Lord can touch you and refresh you today in Jesus' name. And that goes for everyone that's here today as well. Matthew chapter 15, and I'm going to take it from verse 21. Then Jesus departed and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region... And cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her and said, Not a word. His disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. I want to break down this portion of Scripture just for a few moments. Friends, we're seeing a woman, a Canaanite woman, a non-Jew, come to Jesus because she needs a breakthrough for her daughter. Verse 22, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Verse 23, but he answered her, not a word. In other words, Jesus ignores her. The disciples urged and say, send her away for she cries out after us. Verse 24, he says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Listen, I need to break this down for a sec. I mean, listen, Jesus, someone filled with so much love and grace. But in this specific verse and moment of time, it says Jesus ignores her. And then he goes on to say, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So in other words, what he's trying to say is I've come for the Jews, I've not come for you. We know that after the cross, salvation would open up to the non-Jews, the Greeks, and everyone else, the Gentiles. But on this side of the cross, in this moment of time, Jesus was saying, listen, I've come for the Jews, and I can't give you this right now. Verse 25, and then it says, she came and worshipped him. I'm going to stop there for a moment. This precious woman that had hunger, a tenacious hunger, a faith-filled hunger 
in her heart. Jesus doesn't give her the answer she's looking for straight away. But she doesn't just give up. She doesn't just back down. And sometimes in our modern day Christianity, if we don't get our breakthrough or the manifestation of our healing or our prayer request fulfilled in the first five seconds, we run away from God. Some of us are so quick to backslide into sin. Hello? Some of us are so quick to say, oh, maybe healing isn't for today because it didn't manifest. Some of us are so quick to give up. But as I read about this precious woman, she had a hunger in her heart. She had tenacious faith. And this is what she said. Lord, help me. I like the fact that she said, Lord. She could have said, Messiah. She could have said, Rabbi, can you help me? She could have referred to him as just the teacher. But what that word shows me is she got the revelation of who Jesus is. He's the Lord. She knew that this one isn't like them other scribes and them other Pharisees. This one's the Lord. This one's the one that everyone's been waiting for. And as I read about this woman, it's as if she makes up her mind. She has her heart fixed that I am not going to leave this premises until that breakthrough comes. Lord, help me. She calls him Lord. And let me just say this for a moment. It's powerful. That's powerful terminology to call Jesus Lord. Because let me say this right now. Some people make Jesus Savior, but they haven't actually made him Lord. I'm going to say that again. Some people make Jesus Savior so they get a ticket to heaven, but they haven't actually made him Lord. See, when you make Jesus Lord of your life, it's as if you're giving him a reign over every area of your life. When Jesus is Lord of your life, he's no longer an extra that's on the side. He's no longer put in a little box over there where you've got your community here, you've got your hobby here, you've got your career here. Then you've got Jesus over there. He's more than a genie in a bottle that we just pull out to make a wish every now and again. He's more than a parachute that we pull out in an emergency. Now, don't get me wrong, he'll be there for you in the emergency, but he's more than that. When he's Lord of your life, he's king of every area. Let me just break it down like this, because I know we're living in a technology age and era. But let me just say this, friends. In the day and hour we're living in, where technology has advanced so much, it's almost like, in a way, this piece of metal called our mobile phones can be a blessing but how many of you know it can almost, almost sometimes be a curse where this little piece of metal is hindering you from having quality time with your loved ones this little piece of metal called a mobile phone is distracting you when all you're doing is scrolling, 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 scrolling looking at things that aren't really edifying your soul 
looking at things that aren't really taking your faith to another level. These little things called mobile phones, let me just tell you this, they can be a blessing. We love social media. We love our ministries also, a media ministry. So we recognize the power of the social media and the technology age concerning the things of God. However, we need to remain sober in this day and hour. The enemy wants to distract the generation. So let me just break it down like this. Friends, when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do should be to look at him. Whether that's in worship, prayer, whether that's acknowledging him. But when he's Lord of your life, Friends, he's got to be the first and last thing on our minds before we go to sleep, when we wake up throughout the day. It's a relationship with God, but a real relationship with God. Every other religion is about what you do, do, do. But Christianity is about what has been done, done, done. Every other religion is about human beings trying to climb that ladder of religion and legalism humans trying to get to God. But Christianity is God coming down to reach the human being. There's no faith like the Christian faith. We've got something to shout about. Like even during, during the pandemic and during everything going on in the world right now, we've got a message to share. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I'm here in my heart. I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way. But other ideologies and other circles and other, you know, religions and faiths, they can have their circles, they can have their, you know, services, they can do their stuff in private. But we as Christians, we have testimony to share. We have a gospel to preach about. We've got a Jesus to magnify and glorify. Hallelujah. There's nothing that can compare to Christianity. Nothing on the earth. We've got a heavenly father that threw the galaxies in place and created us. And we have the honor and privilege to call him dad, to call him Abba Father. And then it doesn't just stop there. We've got a savior, Jesus, our substitute, our advocate, took the bullet for us. Shed his precious blood that we may be washed and cleansed from all sin. Doesn't just stop there, then he rose again from the dead. And then it still doesn't just stop there. It's like he enters heaven, but then he sends the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, our guide, and our help while we're on the earth. There's nothing that can compare to Christianity. But when Jesus is Lord of your life, listen, forget about what your phone is saying at 8 a.m. whatever time you wake up. Forget about what the time is, just for a moment. Forget about who's messaged you, just for a couple of minutes. As we've opened our eyes, may the Lord be the first thing that's on our mind. May our heart be yielded and surrendered to Him first and foremost. She said, Lord, help me. I love that. She knew that this one's the Lord. He's not just like them other rabbis and scribes. He's the Lord. And we're living in a day, an hour, where we cannot refuse to be a people that 
get distracted. We can't get distracted. And let me just say this. We can't be a people that sit on the fence. Let me just say this. There is a division coming right now in the body of Christ. And it's okay. But this division isn't necessarily going to be between the unbeliever and the believer. But it's going to be between those that are believers and those that are on fire for God. But it's going to create a fresh unity of the remnant that's rising, of just an amazing community of believers that refuse to stop loving one another, being there for one another, refusing to stop praying. This precious woman, Lord, help me. Jesus then answers and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She knew all she needed was a crumb. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, woman, great is your faith. He didn't say great is my anointing. He didn't say great is my amazing power. He said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. See, friends, one thing we need to catch from this portion of Scripture is a few minutes ago, Jesus was ignoring this woman. A few moments ago, Jesus was saying, the time is not now. But this woman was hungry. This woman was starving. She was yearning from the inside. She caught the revelation that this one's the Lord. And a few moments later, Jesus is saying, great is your faith. So a few moments ago, she's getting ignored. Minutes later, she's being told, great is your faith. Something happened in between. And what happened in between was this woman that was hungry, thirsty, and she tapped into a miracle that was reserved for another day. Because after the cross, it would have opened up to the non-Jews, the Gentiles, the Greeks. Spiritual laws are on a higher level than natural laws. Spiritual laws are on a higher level than natural laws. Faith is on a higher level. Faith is higher than time. That wasn't her time. Jesus turned the water into wine. How many of you know good wine takes years to mature? But they were shocked that the best wine is coming out so soon. The point I'm trying to make is faith and the spirit realm is higher than time. The devil may have told some of you you only got six months to live. Six weeks to live. Some of you are on the brink of giving up, backsliding, running back into the world. I want to let you know today, there's a hunger deep down in your heart and it's beginning to stir up. It's beginning to stir up. It's beginning to stir up. And the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and they shall be filled. And there are people watching right now and you may be needing a breakthrough in your life and I'm going to pray for you for that breakthrough. But before I do that, I just sense by the Spirit of the Lord right now, there are people watching. 
and you don't yet know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And if that's you and you fall into any one of these three categories, then I want to pray with you and for you. Then I want to pray generically as a response to this word today. If number one, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, and you've been invited to this premises or you've been invited to tune in by way of live stream. And you're not a Christian. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. I want to say this right now. Hell is a real place. There is a place called hell where you get no second chances. There is a place called hell where there will be torment. I'm not talking about a 10-year sentence. I'm talking about being severed from the things of God for eternity. But heaven is also a real place. There is a real place called heaven where there'll be no more virus, no more pain, no more racism, no more hatred, no more injustice. The Bible says that our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, will wipe away every tear from your eye. There is a place called heaven. And you can make heaven your home today. Some of you may say, Daniel, how? I've messed up too many times. Some of you may say, Daniel, you don't even know what I did last night. The blood of Jesus has lost none of its power. And Ephesians 2.13 says, You who were once far have been brought near. You've been brought close. Hebrews 10.19, it says you have access into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. I want to let you know right now, a sinless man became sin. The blessed one became cursed. Jesus put on this jacket called human flesh to come down to this fallen world to save, redeem and to bring you into the family of God. Don't miss this moment. You may fall into another category where you were once on fire for God. You once lived for God. But something happened in your life and the enemy just used it to wipe you out. Could have been a sudden loss of a loved one. A divorce. Could have even been the lockdowns, the isolation. Something happened that just crushed you. And for some of you, it even dragged you back into the things of the world. But today you want to say, Lord, I repent. Lord, I come back into your family. Lord, I don't want to live for the things of the world. I want to live for you. Or number three, you may be someone who's being hammered with guilt, condemnation by the devil. And you know that this is the hour to fully surrender. If that's you, I want you to pray with me right now and this isn't you parroting what a preacher is saying this is you having a heart to heart with almighty God so if that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus if that's you and you want to say Daniel include me in this prayer listen let me say this right now time is short and that's not just us saying that just because of saying it but with everything we're seeing going on around us 
It's very clear that we're living in a day and time where things ain't looking too good. And we can't be a people that sit on the fence. This isn't the time to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. This isn't that time. Hallelujah. Matthew 9.17 says you can't put new wine in old wineskin. God can't stand mixture. In James chapter 1 verse 8, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. God can't stand mixture. Don't miss this moment right now. I want to pray with you and for you. You might be watching this line in bed somewhere. You might be driving a vehicle. You might be, you know, in your living room. Wherever you are right now, you might be in this place right now. If you want to be included in this prayer, I'm going to ask you to just lift up your hand right now. Just lift up your hand. I see your hands in this place. I see your hands. If you're even you watching by live stream, put your hand up right now. Don't miss this moment. And I want you to repeat after me from the very depths of your heart. And let's all repeat this. Let's encourage those that may be doing this for the first time. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I turn from my sin and I run into your arms. Lord, wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from all sin. Cleanse me from all shame. From all guilt. From this day, I choose to believe. Lord, I believe that you were born for me. That you lived for me. And that you died for me. And that you rose again for me therefore I believe in my heart and declare with my mouth Jesus you are my Lord and you are my Saviour I renounce Satan I renounce the things of this world Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. I want you to stand up all over this place right now. Quickly, just stand up. If you're watching this by way of live stream, don't change the channel. Just stand up. If you want to lift up your hands, lift up your hands. If you want to kneel down, kneel down. We're going to just have a couple of moments of surrender and let the Holy Spirit move and touch some of you in a powerful way. Come on, just lift up your hands all over this place just as an act of surrender. Lord, we choose to surrender. Lord, in response to the word released today of having you number one, of having you as Lord, of Lord, having a hunger in our heart to not let anything slow down that hunger, not letting any snare of the wicked one, any scheme of the enemy slow us down or put a wet blanket on that fire. Let's lift up your hands as we worship. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Spirit right now. That's it, just release that sound. 
This is that moment to just surrender it all to him right now. Lord, in your presence right now, I take authority over every plot, plan, and scheme of the wicked one. We break your power today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, that hunger in our heart, that pursuing, that diligence, I pray for a fresh purity the posture of our hearts, the condition of our hearts, to yearn after the more of God. Not just your hand, but your face. Not just for what we can get, but just to come to you for who you are as our Abba, as our Dad, as our Father. A wholehearted surrender. And some of you may just even be sensing that in your hearts right now. Just areas of your life that you may need to let go of. Areas of your life that you know you need to surrender unto the Lord. And this is a safe place right now to do that. This is a safe place right now to have that heart to heart with God. Fire of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is just touching lives right now. There's refreshing taking place. And some of you may begin to even weep right now. And I want to say that's okay. Some of you may begin to laugh and that's okay as well. Some of you may fall to the ground and that's okay. Let the Lord just overwhelm you and touch you with His presence. Father, I thank you for every precious life that's here present and all those watching by way of live stream. Lord, I pray right now for the presence of God to overwhelm, to overtake, to touch and mark people. And Lord, I just thank you for that which you've stirred them up for in this service. A hunger for the more of you, pursuing you like never before. Just repeat after me, every person watching and all those that are here right now. Lord, I surrender. I give you my all. I lay my life upon the altar. Lord, use me in these last days. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be all that you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. Lord, I am all yours. Send me. Use me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, just lift up a, a praise offering for the Lord. We just honour Him. Hallelujah. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to learn and be refreshed by God's word. I'm just asking you right now, would you tell us the testimony from this sermon? Go to v1.church online. You can send us a message. You can continue to help us reach many people around the world with the gospel by supporting financially. We want to thank you for those gifts. And I want to ask you a very special favor. Would you actually give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and consider leaving a review? We actually read all of the reviews and it helps us reach so many more people. And as always, I cannot wait to see you next week for a new message. I'm telling you, this sermon next week, get ready. It's going to be incredible. Thank you.